0: Also good.
1: So I, I, so I know we just talked about this, but who's actually going to start <laughs> talking first? Hello and welcome to Did You Do Your Homework, a pop culture podcast connecting academic ideas with popular media. We are joined tonight... Uh, by special guests and also special guesting uh, with w- some of our favorite podcast friends.
2: Hello, Martha.
1: Hello, David.
2: Hello, Pete. Hello, David. Hello, Hallie. Hi, I'm
0: here too. And hello, Kristen. Hey. We are the Catching Up David podcast. It's
2: uh,
1: It's us. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. we, um, <laughs> it is i believe our third crossover episode yes yes, that's true uh i had a moment of realization so as listeners to our show will know pete and i said we were taking a short summer hiatus and then came back in january so as
3: as we've said before summer was a state (laughs) of mind and our summer state of mind lasted eight months
1: So yes, I looked at our, I looked at our Discord conversation and realized we had missed our semi-regular October crossover episode. So here we are instead, uh, prepared to do some, uh, in-depth, in-depth character studies. I did
3: not Um, realize that our crossovers tended to be in October, and that makes this particular episode's theme truly perfect.
4: It really does, except for not being in October. But that's fine. That's
3: well, fine. yeah. October is a state of mind.
1: That's, that's true. You have a point there. Like many of these movies. Uh, but before <laughs> it's we Day do.
5: October somewhere. It's October somewhere.
1: <laughs> Very true. Probably in Australia. That's how time mm. works, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
5: yeah.
1: Uh, but before we get into our discussion on Dracula, uh, we are going to do a real quick What's Stuck in Your Head this week. Uh, where we just go around the table and talk about a piece of pop culture or media that has been uh, just, you know, stuck in our stuck in our head like a popcorn kernel in your tooth. Uh, David, what has been stuck in your head this week?
0: This week, I've been reading a lot of Karen Russell, who is an <gasps> American novelist and short story writer. Um, she's probably... Best known for her novel Swamplandia, but she also yes. has some very excellent st- short story collections, such as St. Lucy's Home for Girls Raised by Wolves and Vampires in the Lemon Groves, both of which I love very much. Um she's sort of like a not quite new new weird, but she's she blends sort of contemporary magical realism with some fantasy elements. Um St. Lucy's Home for Girls Raised by Wolves is, in fact about a Catholic boarding school for girls were raised by wolves and are learning to become human girls as opposed to sort of wolfy girls uh vampires in the lemon groves the title story from that one is about an old vampire couple who live in a lemon grove in italy and know an awful lot about citrus so that sounds um,
1: delightful
3: oh she's she is a delight
1: i love swamplandia so much
3: Martha, Jeez. based on those titles, I'm shocked, shocked that you like this author. Uh.
1: Oh yeah. Well, and Swamplandia is like heavy, sort of Southern Gothic inspired. Like it's not horror, but it's a like swamp book, so it's kind of dank and uh, sweaty, and it's a it's also a like teen girl adventure book. I don't know. I love it very, oh, very much. Oh, for sure.
0: Yeah. There. There are a lot of um, teen girl adventures in her work as well. Um, she's, she's great. Um, I've just been reading her a lot. She's judging a, a short story contest that I'm going to be entering later this evening. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So um, I wanted to refamiliarize myself with her. I used, to, I used to teach some of her work when I was in grad school. So um, yeah, she's fantastic.
1: Cool uh hallie what is stuck in your head this week
4: so i recently discovered Columbo and i am in love with it i had known about it but i saw a meme about the whole uh the whole oh my god what's his name andrew tate romania that whole escapade that turned out to be hilarious um mm-hmm. someone made a colombo meme and i was like god i should really watch that and so i found it using the powers of dvr And I've been watching it nonstop for several weeks, and it never gets old. It's wonderful.
1: Uh, I have not watched Columbo, but I have been watching Poker Face, which I understand is similar. Yes, it is based off Columbo. Yeah, you you took the joke
3: right out from under my feet. I was going to turn to Hallie at the end and say, ah, but Hallie, uh, but one more thing. Have you been seeing (laughs) Poker Face? (laughs)
4: <laughs> the thing is i haven't seen it yet because i need friends to give me their peacock login so i don't have peacock so i need to find someone to filter peacock is free no it's what? not yeah peacock some is free of it.
1: you don't have to pay some of it yeah, some of it is free you have to pay he's, he's i don't know
4: on the free oh my god i'm googling this right now because okay well everybody should watch Columbo because it's a masterpiece and i love peter falk very much it I would share
1: my peacock attractive. login stuff with all of you, except I'm borrowing my sister's, and that seems like stretching the <laughs> <a> goodwill.
5: <level. laughs> Do not face. consider us her sisters as well. We, um, no have pizza. you met? Have Text you ever met Lizzie my sister?
4: peacock login. <laughs> I was gonna say, Pete, can- <laughs> no, you need a peacock premium, a peacock premium subscription to watch Poker Face because it's a peacock original. That suck. Yeah, no, this, ugh awful whatever i'll watch it someday and then i'll be very very happy
1: uh Kristen, what is stuck in your head this week
5: like many i'm watching the last of us on hbo max i have not played the game no absolutely nothing about it but i kept seeing people on twitter and tumblr talk about the last of us and I mean, it's Pedro Pascal, and I thought it was fun that they were fungal zombies instead of, like, virus zombies. So, I'm like, fine, fine, you guys convinced me. So, I joined in at, like, episode four, so at least I was able to binge those fairly quickly. I just watched episode five, like, two nights ago, so now I'm all caught up, and I'm ready to, like, be taken on this adventure downside being that everyone knows what happens and i don't (laughs) so people on tumblr were like oh yeah this is good foreshadowing to this thing and i'm like hey tag your spoilers man some of us don't play these games so but i'm having Mm -hmm. a blast love pedro pascal bella oh is her last name ramsey
1: yes it is yes
5: yes bella ramsey fantastic job um, I hope the makeup department wins an Emmy and all other awards for their creations. And it's just a real good time.
1: If you find that mushroom zombies are your thing, I highly recommend mm-hmm. the book The Girl with All the Gifts. Which is... The movie. Yeah, but as as far as I know, that's the only other zombie thing to use like the fungus mushroom but stuff it,
3: it, it is the same it's like it's the same cordyceps mushroom idea yes like, which is it...
1: a little fungus yes. that That's over bugs and causes them to like seek sunlight and then sprout and spread their spores it's real gross they, they, I, they I go real high that.
3: up on on like plants and then when they're that high up the spore like the fungus explode their spores and then the ant yes. dies. It's great. It's
5: funny, because, like, the first episode started with someone being like, I think this is, you know, a big threat. And another scientist said, oh, no, this can't survive in a host high with a body temperature higher than 94 degrees. And he was all, oh, ho, but what if, like, the Earth were to warm a little bit, and it adapts? And so that's how, you know, this came to be. Um, but it's funny, because as I was watching, I was like, oh, my God, are my cats safe? And so I Googled like (laughs) average body temperature of a cat and it's 101 degrees. And I'm like, okay, hopefully the virus did not evolve to withstand that. So cats might be safe.
1: Yeah. Whenever I want to make myself very, very sad, I think about what would happen to my pets in the case of a zombie apocalypse. And the answer is nothing good. Good. Um, Food. I have not yet started watching the last of us. I have not felt emotionally prepared to do so but i am looking forward to it
5: i i knew going into it that at least one episode was gonna like punch me in the face um but there have been two episodes that punch me in the face so you do have to be prepared to be punched in the face with your emotions
1: and, and honestly if every prestige tv show from now until the end of time was pedro pascal adopts a talented and special child (laughs) <laughs> um i would be okay with that
5: would <laughs> be a better place
1: pete what is stuck in your head this week
5: for the past
1: oh
3: boy two months offer off and on now i've gotten deep into the video game uh city's skylines this game came out years ago and is basically SimCity on crack for people who are like man, I wish my day job was a urban planner and also <laughs> that I wasn't getting paid for it. Um, and so that's <laughs> what I've been doing. I've been, uh, I'm on my third city. Uh, it's a game that doesn't hold your hand at all. So you, so I end up like watching YouTube videos of other people playing it and being like, oh, that's a clever idea. Why don't I restart a new city and incorporate that clever idea? Um, but I'm i am pushing through on this third city and it's, it's incredibly addictive. It's the kind of game where it's like, I'll sit down, and I'll say like, okay, I can play this game for 30 minutes, set a timer, timer goes off, and I'm like, mm, 15 more minutes, that's a good amount of time, then I can <laughs> stop. Uh, and it's just SimCity, but with even more bells and whistles and toggles, and uh, eventually it all becomes just a traffic managing game, um, but one that I'm deeply uh, obsessed with at this point. Uh, luckily it is a it's on Steam so I have to play it on my laptop so I can't do the classic uh that I, I used to do with switch of like yeah I'll like quasi-watch a show and then also play Hades you know at the same time because <laughs> because I can do that on the couch this I have to like kind of be sitting at my desk so it is Ooh. luckily that is a self-enforced barrier to constant playing because it's like oh if I'm going to watch say the last of us uh which I watched the first episode of um last or two nights ago uh I wouldn't I wouldn't play Hades during that but I couldn't play City Skylines during it so uh I can't be playing it all the time which is good <laughs> otherwise I would.
5: <laughs> Sounds like fun. Anything where you get to just like build stuff, count me in. It's the kind of game where it's like, yeah, you laugh at
3: the Germans who are like, "Oh, we like playing our tractor sims." It's like, "Oh, that's stupid. <laughs> that's stupid. Let me build a city and be a traffic manager. <laughs> that's great." <laughs> People
1: have degrees in this. 75% of the video games that I play obsessively are life sims or farming games. So I get you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like that. And then a JRPG. I was
4: going to say Fire Emblem. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) Right now it's Persona 5. Nice. I played a little
5: bit of Fire Emblem Three Houses. Oh my God. (gasps) She did. She did. Oh my God.
1: I want to know. Kristen, I want to know everything.
5: (laughs) It was it was actually fun. I didn't know if it was going to be fun, but it was fun. And I had been, con- Hallie has been pushing this game on me. And then I saw um, the character, the Jew, and I decided he was my husband. So I played to be like, I want to be in his house because I'm going to seduce him. And, and that is I, correct. And I played, yep, and I played the game and was like, oh, no, this is actually entertaining. So I might buy it. I'm like, I am like uh, at Hallie's house that this for a
1: clarification. Yeah. I have about three hundred hours clocked in that game, so <laughs>
5: oh if
1: you would ever, if you are ever looking to discuss, I'm I'm here <laughs> for you.
5: Okay, that is noted.
1: Uh, Blue lions are also my house of choice. Yeah, because so. they're
4: the best house.
1: Yes. Uh, what is stuck wow. in my head this week is a book that I started on vacation, and I'm I'm struggling with because I'm very fascinated, like I'm very into the concept of it, and the writing is really good, um, but I don't know if I can keep reading it because it is so gory, in a gory. way that I was not G- expecting. Gory um, in a it book. Is, Yes, it is called Manhunt by Gretchen Felker Martin. And the concept of it is it is a uh, what if a plague happened that killed all the men? Um, but it so is a why, what happened? Why the
3: last man situation? Without sort the last of. Man.
1: What it actually is is like that is what it is superficially, but like the science of it is actually what if a plague happened that triggered in a person with a certain level of testosterone.
2: Mm, uh
1: So our main characters are two trans women who have figured out that if they can continue, um, like if if they can continue taking estrogen, um, they don't hit the testosterone levels that causes people to like, it's like a twenty-eight days later zombie situation. Mm. Only okay. grosser. Um, but that level of like fast feral animal kind of deal. Um and I I'm very interested in a lot of pieces of this book. So like you have um you have our two main characters who are trans women, and you have some of the main antagonists of the novels who are turfs, Uh, and you yep. have um, like the more into the novel you get, the more situations you can see where it's not just men who are affected, but it's like menopausal women, trans men, like all of these sort of different facets of um, society kind of colliding in this like dystopian medical nightmare. But like I said, the the violence and the gore in it are very very detailed and there were several moments where i had to kind of put the book down and like lie down on the floor for a while Mm. um and so now i'm like i want to know what happens but i don't know i might be too delicate of a flower to to read this book which does not happen with horror often like i have a pretty pretty high i have a pretty high tolerance for body horror but this one just it's it's a lot um,
5: that's what SparkNotes is for
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would love it if SparkNotes did more like pop horror <laughs> and not just academic stuff um, we'll send them a petition for you sounds good well do we want to take a quick break before we dive into our uh, discussion we will be discussing uh, some Different incarnations of the iconic character Dracula.
4: We sure will.
2: Yes.
0: <laughs> All right, and welcome back to the Did you do your homework slash catching up David Dracula Extravaganza. Um, we're gonna be talking about four different Dracula movies tonight. They are Dracula from 1931, Horror of Dracula from 1958, Bram Stoker's Dracula from 1992, and Dracula Untold from 2014. Um, We're going to start, we're going to go in chronological order, so um, here are some facts about Dracula. It is a 1931 American supernatural horror film, and interestingly enough, Dracula was a pre-code film or a movie made in the brief period between sound being added to movies in 1929 and the Motion Picture Production Code censorship guidelines going into effect in 1934, which cracked down on things like sexual innuendo, interracial romantic relationships, profanity, homosexuality, drug use, intense violence, anti-heroes and gangsters, and strong female characters who engaged in sex work or had abortions. Those were all... Right. No good after the, 1934
2: for a the, David,
1: period
3: the, the of time. Code, the code also cracked down on things like Dracula's.
1: Yes, <laughs> is this, and is this the Hayes Code?
0: It is the Hayes Code. Okay. Yes, there's a very good and lengthy Wikipedia article on pre-code Hollywood, which I recommend if you're interested in this era of filmmaking. But basically, it came about due to the government taking a larger role in film oversight and censorship and intense pressure from, among other groups, American Roman Catholics who decried the immorality of Hollywood cinema. Um, The code has been had been in effect since 1930, but wasn't really enforced for several years, during which time the famous Universal Picture Monster movies got made, including Frankenstein, The Mummy, and, of course, Dracula. Uh, Dracula was written by Garrett Fort, who also wrote the Frankenstein and Mask of Zorro films, and was based on a 1924 Dracula play, which in turn, of course, was based on Bram Stoker's 1897 novel. It was directed by Todd Browning, who was a vaudeville and circus performer turned filmmaker and actor? And it stars Bella Lugosi as the titular Count Dracula. Uh, a couple of Lugosi facts. He appeared in many horror movies between the 30s and the 50s, often alongside Boris Karlov. Um, but sadly, Lugosi became typecast only as a horror actor after appearing in Dracula. And his parts were often limited to kind of ominous mad scientist type figures due to his thick Hungarian accent because he couldn't speak English more clearly. Apparently studios restricted oh. what roles they would give him, which is a shame because yeah. he is, he's a really good Dracula, but I think you he could have just
4: a good actor in general,
0: a good actor in general, for sure. Um, Dracula was both a commercial and Critical success upon release, and Lugosi's performance in particular turned Count Dracula into a cultural icon and became the gold standard for depictions of vampires and subsequent works of fiction and film. And finally, in the year 2000, the Library of Congress selected Dracula for preservation in the National Film Registry for being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. There, that some is- Drac facts. Drac facts. Drac facts.
1: Yeah, it is such a bummer about Bela Lugosi because he's so good as Dracula and is, like, so iconic in that role that it's really a bummer to hear that he, like, really wanted to kind of move beyond that and just was not allowed to. Yeah, he had a
3: really rough ladder part of his life, as anyone who's seen Ed Wood uh, will know, because the last film role he was in was... Plan 9 from Outer Space when he was
0: deep in a habit. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, he... um yeah. There was sort of a rivalry between him and Boris Karloff, and uh, Karloff would often get top billing, even in movies that Lugosi had the main role. Just, again, mostly because he was... He was a horror actor. That's what the studio's Thought of him as and people knew him as and if his name was on a poster people would just people would go to it because they they liked him they thought he was a really good actor but he couldn't ever really break free from that
2: that pigeonhole
1: mm-hmm. um yes i had never seen this movie but i was of course familiar with lugosi's portrayal because it, he truly, I, I truly think that when you say the word Dracula, like, that is the image that you mm-hmm. get in your head without any, um, like, supplementary information. Can She's, we
3: can we go around the horn real quick and just see who had seen this movie before? Maybe we do this with all four of them.
2: Um, sure. Yeah, uh, cause this was I, a first watch
3: for me. I, I totally agree with you. When you think Dracula, this is who you think, and yet I, too, had also never seen it before.
0: Yeah, I the only Dracula movie I had seen prior to this um, was the original Nosferatu, which um, was not on our list of things to watch, but is something that um, it's from it's from the twenties. It's a, a silent film, and that's all the information I'm going to give you because I didn't write up a thing for Nosferatu.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: da- David, um, have you seen a Shadow of the Vampire? no i don't it's, believe so
3: it was like a mid-aughts drama starring um i'm getting us way off track and i apologize for that uh uh but it uh a mid-aughts starring uh, willem dafoe and uh john malkovich and carrie elwis and it's about the the filming of that 1920s nosferatu but with the implication of like, but what if Max Shrek was actually literally a vampire?
0: And, uh, oh, I think i I think I've heard of this. I, I I didn't see it, but I think that sounds very familiar that you, there was a there was something about like Max Shrek, he was so creepy in the role. What if it was actually because he was undead? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you
3: you might get a kick out of this. I haven't seen this movie like maybe since college, but I enjoyed it back in two thousand and eight. Uh, it came out in the year 2000, so. Okay. Uh, anyway, yeah. now that I've fully derailed this conversation.
0: <laughs> yeah, the the vampire films that I was familiar with were more like, I guess Vampire Media it was more like Anne Rice. Like, I, I knew mm-hmm. Interview with mm-hmm. the Vampire. I've seen that one several times. Um, and I've seen, I don't know, I've seen a couple other, like, what we do in the shadows like yes. you know i, I I've, I've, I've consumed a little bit of vampire media but as far as like iconic dracula pictures i hadn't seen anything on our list
4: david you forgot
5: twilight
1: we watched twilight I was we did watch twilight for the show we
0: did in <laughs> fact watch twilight
5: Which is one of the best vampire stories, obviously.
0: It is one of the vampire
5: stories. (laughs) (laughs) You're missing a word there, David.
1: (laughs) Uh, Don't know that I am. Just to kind of steer us back to to Dracula, uh, I don't watch a lot of old movies, which is a flaw on me myself as a movie fan. Um, But one of the things that I was really impressed by in this is how, like, genuinely creepy it is. Like, I, I, specifically with horror, I tend to think of older horror as not being as scary because, like, the effects aren't as good or they're not as, like, um, they're just not pushing things as far as things do now because the kind of nature of horror is that it's continually pushing itself past whatever boundaries have been set before. Um, But particularly the shots of like the coffins opening and anytime a hand kind of snakes into the shot. Like there are a lot of moments in this movie that really made my hair stand on end, which I thought was really cool.
4: So I don't disagree with you, but when we were watching it, we did note that we felt like maybe they tried to get a full shot of the Lugosi coming out of the coffin and then they just like could not make it work without it looking very <laughs> silly. Him yeah. struggling to like lift the lift the lid and like climb out in a way that wasn't just hilarious. So they had sure. to come after all the hands fluttering out of the <laughs> coffin.
1: But I did think that the hands worked.
4: Like yeah, the, I mean, um, it's the classic imagery, right? Which I had again never seen, but
1: knew. And then there are a couple of shots of, like, Castle Dracula up on the mountain that I found very atmospheric. Oh, yeah. yeah the, <laughs> really the, the movie The movie overall is definitely, as the children say, uh, vibes.
2: Yep.
3: Yeah, I would agree with that. It's it's such an interesting movie because, like, it is... Watching it now, first off, it's almost 100 years old. Like, it's, like, 93 years old. Um, 92. And just... Every, like, the language of cinema has changed so much since this movie came out. This movie's also only, like, two to three years after sound even was introduced, and there are clearly scenes where it's like, oh, that's just, like, a silent scene, because um, it was cheaper uh-huh. to just not put sound in there. Uh But, it like, the structure of the movie doesn't work like a modern movie is structured, and it's so clearly based on a play but then we're doing a little bit more, but the play itself is based on a book. So like plot wise, it's kind of a mess. But then there are sequences or scenes or just visuals where it's like, oh, this is working. And then it goes back to being like, this movie's kind of a bit of a mess. Um, I had a really hard time giving this a ranking, like a, a star rating, because it's like, well, it sort of feels unfair to rate it after having seen 93 years of advances of cinema, you know? Um, it's just the way that we tell stories using film. That all being said, there was a scene, uh, where Helen Chandler, who plays Mina, um, who did an incredible job and felt very much like a silent movie star. Uh, but, like, Mm -hmm. dumb as a bag of bricks, Jonathan Harker is, like, staring up at the moon, and she is just staring at his neck, and I was like, oh my god, this is some of the best acting I've seen in a long time, as she's, like, about to lunge for his neck. Uh... And this movie has, like, those perfect gems in it. Um, Off-air, we were all talking about Renfield as well, who, again, is just... Oh, my God. like like, for sure. Like, other than Lugosi, he's the breakout guy in this movie.
4: For sure. Like, that was... Like, he... Like, I didn't know... um, I knew a little bit about Renfield from a previous watch of a different Dracula movie that we'll talk about later. Um, But I had, like, forgotten his weird thing with flies and spiders. But, like, I didn't mind it in this one, as much as I did in the other ones, because like hmm. I don't know, he was just so creepy. Aside from the flies and the spiders, and was just like always around. They were always like, "How are you out of your room?" And it's like, "Are you are you closing <laughs> the door?" Because he's right. he's got free reign at <laughs> the place, which is the right choice. Also, want it's like Doctor
3: Seward, is this your house or your insane asylum? Right. Because what this dude it? is walking into your parlor.
4: Yeah, he's just he's just hanging out with all of you, which I loved. So like the fact that he was kind of an ominous presence to be creepy when Dracula couldn't be around. That really helped uh, the characterization, I think. And I finally got some context for like who he was and why uh, Dracula kept him around.
1: I thought that the choice to make Renfield the solicitor in the opening rather than Jonathan Harker was really interesting and it made me wonder if this movie was made assuming that people would be familiar with the source material or assuming not because oh, if you assume it? that they're if you assume that they're not familiar with the book then it has no impact like it, then it's just a movie that you're watching but if you are familiar with the book that reveal is kind of incredible mm-hmm. okay and so I, I
4: didn't um, I didn't know which one was the real way, but we did know when we started the second one. Like, oh, it's different. Harker's the solicitor this time. So I didn't know which one was supposed
3: Harker, to be. Harker is the book's, like, like Renfield has always been, well, you know, was recently insanified in the as the book begins, and Harker yeah. is his replacement going to Castle right. Dracula.
4: Okay, that's an interesting, um, that's an in, yeah, that puts things I, all... I wonder, okay. Martha,
3: if that is literally an artifact of the play, because I could see that being the structure of the, play,
1: and then i don't I don't know because I have no familiarity with the the play
3: right, right.
1: um, but yeah, like i was I was honestly shocked when he calls him Mr. Renfield. I was like, oh, same, ok because then then it gives like really interesting context to, like it gives Renfield a reason for his right. behavior in the maybe rest of the
4: story maybe liked him so much because they allowed him to have screen time before he became what he was. And so the acting gets more of a chance to shine too. Cause he was like, you know, just a guy. And now he's not that anymore. And you can mm-hmm. see the actor do both stupid uh, things and just screaming the whole time,
2: and mm-hmm. again some
3: some real silent film acting with his eyes. Like the, oh my the shot, god, the oh, shot sure. the shot where yeah. they open up the and I, I love the like the first person point of view camera work as they're like going over the. I think it's not the Demeter; it's some other boat, but like the Demeter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they like
1: yeah, they pull, changed the name of the boat, which was weird.
3: Yeah, uh, <laughs> they, like they 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 pull the cargo hold open, and he's just standing there, and his eyes are bugged out, and it's. <laughs> very disquieting.
1: It was very Igor before yeah. Igor.
3: I got, um, Conrad Veet from The Man Who Laughs kind of vibes, uh, but that's also a, like, a silent film guy. So I might just be like, I don't know, bug-eyed dudes with creepy smiles in silent films.
5: i <laughs> <laughs> quite charmed by this movie because, like you, Martha, I don't really watch older movies. My thing is that I think that they all move too slowly and are bad. (laughs) Like, obviously (laughs) there are exceptions, but for the most part, if it's an old movie, I'm like, get on with it. Let's go.
3: Don't put your punches punches on this podcast.
5: (laughs) (laughs) But it, like, it it got into the story straight away. We got to see Renfield, who was my favorite. Um... Because you know he was a little bit crazy, and yeah, they were like, "How did you get out of your room?" And they would call someone to come take him away, but they would still like have a conversation there. Like, yeah, Renfield, you got to go back to your room, your cell, but like, stay a while, have some tea. Uh,
1: I also, I also liked that this Renfield was kind of looking out for Mina. Like, yeah, no one one looks out for hard.
4: (laughs) Yeah, he really didn't want to. um, He really didn't want to like help Drac. You know. Take her over, or kill her, or whatever. Like, um, I'm a little fuzzy on like the details of how Dracula expected Renfield to help him, but I mean, so that's that's because in this
3: version, Dracula doesn't need permission to enter homes, or if he okay. does it, doesn't totally hand waved. In Which know, is a
5: bummer. Uh,
3: I know. Uh, it's in, my
5: favorite vampire trope, and I'm I'm mad. Sorry, I interrupted. In, Please continue. In, in in the book
3: and in the Bram Stoker uh Renfield does like is looking out for Mina like he has that that moment of just like you have to leave here if you stay bad things will happen and then of Mm. course she stays and the bad things that happen is that Dracula shows up at Renfield's window and is like hey Mm. let me in and Renfield's like okay come in and that's how he gets access to Mina
4: oh my god okay see I can okay that why wasn't that big okay I don't know if that was made clear in in this movie... movie
3: No, in, in this movie, none of that happens because okay. Dracula doesn't need permission to enter, he just like walks up like Hello.
4: I think ugh, the permission would have well, been, then I,
5: a lot uh, scarier
4: too. Why
5: didn't they even... I also missed it because I was waiting for it in the movies because that's that's my favorite vampire trope, is that they have to be invited in. And I I I must not have been paying attention or they did it subtly enough that it just It's it's real right
3: subtle. It is the only subtle thing in the Bram Stoker Dracula movie. Uh, And I don't think it shows up in any other version.
4: I didn't even know it was in the Bram Stoker one. We'll get to that later. But yeah, I would completely missed that any movie incorporated that as lore, which is a shame. That's a neat bit of lore. Okay, so now I know how that... Yeah, it's nice that he was watching out for Mina. I think technically another one of the Renfields in Bram Stoker, which I know we keep saying we will get to he had something where he was like get out of here mina yeah i don't want to hurt you but like it's not the same as in this one it's just not i was
1: trying to see if i could figure out where the genesis of the um vampires need to be invited in trope comes from because i don't believe that is in the dracula book Oh. I I thought okay, for sure okay. I, I thought
3: wasn't... it was in the book, and I thought the whole point was that like Renfield's like you have to go, and if you don't go, bad things will happen, and then the bad things are that Renfield He's... lets track in. But I I could be I you have you have read this book far more recently than I have.
5: All I know is that I grew up watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So that's what yes. I think of more when I hear vampires. I don't think of like Dracula vampires. Do they um, need to be let in? Yes, yes. they do. Okay. Been, and there's, been a, a, while since there's a great scene where Spike had been invited in and then Buffy is mad at him or something happens. I remember because it's been many years. But Spike goes to walk into her house and he can't. And that's because she did a spell and she uninvited him. And I was mm. like, ooh. Ooh. like even nine-year-old me was like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I love a good that they have to be invited in. Warms my Pete, cold, dead heart.
1: Yeah, Pete, just as a side note, you are correct. I'm misremembering an older vampire serial where it is not an issue. Carmela? So, Carmina? Uh, Varney, actually. Var- oh Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, But yeah. I just wanted to see if I could find like a. Here is the first time, and it, oh, so, it just so seemed... is is
3: Bram Stoker the origin of no? Uh, sorry, it is a, Br- Bram Stoker it's, the author.
1: <laughs> no, it's a folkloric thing. So, like, there are there are folklore bits that have to do with that that predate um, Bram Stoker kind of codifying vampire lore, but he he borrowed it from existing folklore. Thank you
2: for looking that up.
1: No problem. Should we move on to Christopher Lee? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yes.
0: So our second film tonight is also called Dracula in the UK, but in the US is known as Horror of Dracula to keep it from being confused with the 1931 movie. It's a 1958 British gothic horror film directed by Terence Fisher and written by Jimmy Sangster and produced by Hammer Films, which is a very famous London-based film production company known primarily for its gothic horror and fantasy films from the mid-50s through the 1970s. It stars Christopher Lee as Count Dracula and Peter Cushing as Dr. Van Helsing. Uh, if Christopher Lee, you may be... Familiar with as Count Dooku, if you're a Star Wars fan, (laughs) or as Saruman in the Peter Jackson, Lord of the Rings, and The Hobbit movies. And Peter Cushing, again,
1: also Lord of the Isle from The Wicker Man.
0: Yes, yes. Um, uh, Peter Cushing, you may recognize as Grand Moff Tarkin in the original Star Wars film, though he's also a very well-known British horror actor from the 50s through the 70s.
3: I think I've only seen him as Tarkin. So seeing him in this, I'm like, Peter Cushing's a good guy? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um, Horror of Dracula was well-received by critics and audiences and holds a 90% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Also, the Wikipedia notes that in a 2017 poll of 150 actors, directors, writers, producers, and critics for Time Out magazine, Horror of Dracula was ranked the 65th best British film ever made. And Empire Magazine ranks uh, Christopher Lee's Dracula number seven on their list of the 100 greatest horror movie characters of all time.
2: Hmm. Hmm.
0: So there you go. Horror of Dracula.
5: Interesting because Dracula is barely in this. Lee did go on to
3: play Dracula in like a dozen other horror, uh, hammer horror movies. So maybe they're counting him through that agglomeration.
4: Maybe. From what I understand, he wasn't happy about it.
3: About having to continue to play
4: about Dracula. having to continue playing Dracula.
3: Yeah. yeah, that's he's like, put a stake in my heart,
0: please.
4: <laughs> Just for the final time.
0: Yeah, from um from what I read, he was he wasn't excited about being Dracula after the first one, um. But they kept the production company kept sort of blackmailing him and telling him like, well, if you're not going to be Dracula, think of all the people you're going to be putting out of work who won't. Get to oh my God. you know be behind the scenes on these Dracula movies and he'd be like, fine, just I'll do it. So a lot of the sequels apparently he's in it, but he doesn't have a lot of dialogue. He just kind of stands there and looks menacing and collects a paycheck so right. the other people could
1: <laughs>
3: also, get work. and
0: you're and you're paying me how
3: much money to be in this picture? It's yeah. like I will
1: show up for I will show up for one day.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Get all your stuff done.
3: Mm-hmm. And then yeah. I'm out. Um, I really enjoyed that this movie was Jonathan Harker, vampire hunter. Uh, and then they, and then they killed him, uh, 30 minutes in. I'm right like, away. Ooh, ooh, this is a th- like, this is some twists and turns on your traditional va- yeah. uh, Dracula story.
1: So I watched this one last in our slate of movies. Um, and so by the time I got to it, this was the first time watch for me for this one as well, and I um but I did have to wonder, and maybe we can talk about this once we have introed all of the movies, why do we think there is no straightforward up and down adaptation like that is faithful to the source material? like it, it feels like every single one of these remixes the material in some way mm-hmm. um this one did it the most which i think is one of the reasons i liked it the most was mm-hmm. because it was like oh this isn't an adaptation it's like a remix of the the info and i am not a person who like is against turning books into movies i enjoy it because then i get to experience stories that i really love again and that's always kind of a fun thing um but it is kind of weird for me that like every adaptation of this book feels like it has to do something radically different and i'm like it's a good story
4: so (laughs) i have not read the original dracula book i didn't intend to read it before we recorded tonight but that didn't happen um so take everything i'm about to say with a grain of mm-hmm. salt. Um and you can correct me if i'm wrong Martha. But my understanding from all of the Dracula movies that we have watched is that maybe the original book just isn't very good. No,
3: it's I It's a good I, book. It it's it's a, it's a it's a Martha you said this word earlier and i'm going to fail to say it correctly. epistolary. Thank you. It's an epistolary book but also with like all sorts of media which is very fascinating which this one kind of faints at and then bram stoker's dracula does a little more with but that sort of work is just a little more challenging i think to convey into film okay um just see, because it's, int- it's so personal like it's it's all first person but different first person point of views and you know. okay
4: see i have no understanding of how the book is written and like how I don't quote unquote, exciting it is like, I realize that my modern sensibilities are going to be horrified by things that are much different than a Victorian audience. But I had to Google fastest like,
1: and loosest with right? the
4: cast of characters, like, um, like, I had to go like, coming at it, having not read the book, I can't get a solid through line, because everything seems to change it. And because everything seems to be changed so much. I keep thinking well like the story isn't solid enough in itself. And so people like a couple different aspects of it that we keep coming back to, but you know instead they can take liberties with like literally everything else. Like even the home woods changed all the time I kept I like eventually got the names right about who belonged to where, but like when characters would show up and who they'd be like related to, like sometimes Mina was a friend, sometimes she was the sister Mina Holmwood was a person instead of Lucy Holmwood at one point. I don't know. It was a lot, but my, but I was like, you know, maybe Dracula just like struck a chord for one reason. And then the rest of it kind of fell apart. And so I was Googling like the Dracula reception and I guess Victorian audiences were just like completely horrified by it, like in a good way, (laughs) the way that you want to be if I'm a horror movie. And I was like, I guess this mysterious figure from the East Yes, he's he's an to... a, he's an exotic
3: foreigner with unrestrained sexual in, like right. you know, appetites, and so he you should be terrified but fascinated but wary right. of him.
4: So I was yeah. just like, maybe this is just hard for me as a woman from twenty twenty three to like get into culturally understand. And none of the movies, in my opinion, really tried to like reposition Dracula in a context where I could feel something akin to what the Victorians would have felt back then. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, is fine. They don't have to. Like, I kind of wish that I had seen one that did try to do that, but... I mean, they don't have to, but... But, yeah, my impression was just the original text was maybe discombobulated and just not I, solid enough for, like, a like a really straight, truthful adaptation.
3: I, I would but say I other, uh, other than the romance of, of Mina and Dracula, Bram Stoker's Dracula is like when if you excise that whole bit and the and the prologue scene that's a pretty faithful one for one Mm.
2: um
3: but but also like the 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 courtship of mina and dracula is like a big chunk of that movie so
1: well and i also and this is in response to to hallie's uh to the to hallie's theory I, I would push back on the idea that it's a not a good book, because I do think it's a good book. Mm-hmm. But I think that because of the way it's written, like you're getting so many points of views and so many pieces of information presented in a different way, that it really is the kind of story that I think you can impart almost any theme onto okay. that you want. So mm-hmm. I I kind of felt like... And I know I posited this question to begin with, but it it felt to me like each of the filmmakers that we're looking at here had a different thing that they wanted to sort of prioritize in retelling Mm -hmm. this story. And I think that you can do that because you get so many different tones and themes and ideas. Mm -hmm. Um, I just get bummed because like one of my favorite characters in the book is Quincy Morris, who is a cowboy from Texas. And i know about does him not... i haven't
4: read the book i just know there's a cowboy
1: yeah he and... doesn't show <laughs> up in a lot of adaptations yeah like, like why lucy, lucy has canonically three different men who want to marry her and it is in the book lucy is very like i wish i could marry all of you just straight up and all three of them are such good friends and it bums me out so hard that that gets lost in adaptations a lot like we don't get to see the three men like being super good buddies and when she decides that she wants to marry arthur um john and quincy are both like we're bummed but we're happy for our friend like it's such a pure good relationship i
4: would have loved that because even in the one where he was in it i loved that these three men just always seem to be together and like 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 no one ever had to ask, hey, you want to come vampire hunting? They were just like, you tell me what to do and I'll do it. I mean, well, it's and, your, and I will it's tell you classic Hallie, friend
3: group of the psychiatrist, the English gentleman, and the Texan. Like, Texan that, is a, that, is a Tex- yeah. that is a classic canonical friend group.
1: What more could you want? Well, and also, truly in the book, when Lucy starts getting sick because she's being eaten by Dracula, but before Van Helsing gets there, um. Dr. Seward is describing her symptoms, and Quincy just straight up is like, huh, I watched a giant bat eat my horse in Texas once. I wonder if it's anything like that. (laughs) He's so smart. Well, like, Everybody in,
4: paid more attention to Quincy, a character I have not read about. And if if, if I recall, no
3: in the book, everyone has given their blood to Lucy, like constantly. Yes. Which, oh, um, yeah. As, as uh, Dr. Freaked Van Helsing in this movie, 1958 uh, Dracula, would recommend, uh, I don't know, have some tea or coffee or wine after giving a bunch or of wine. blood.
1: But good. it's the Good
3: job, Angel. Dr. Van Helsing.
1: Pete, I never drink wine. Wine. <laughs>
4: <laughs> also, that did seem to be a line lifted straight from the book because it happened twice in almost the same... It's also in, such a good the, line, though. The same delivery. It
1: actually... It it originates with Bella Lugosi. The line oh, in the book is like, it? I never sup. It's like something like that. No. But the other thing... The other thing that always gets lost and was one of the things that kind of bummed me out about the 1950s movie is the relationship... Like, everyone seems afraid of the relationship between Mina and Lucy... Like, no one, no one I feel gives that its fair due. No. I mean,
3: Bram Stoker's comes the closest. Uh,
2: But
1: by virtue, I think of just
3: having the most
4: screen time. Like, I don't know that the quality of their friendship is actually any better than in the first first couple. Because she always stays with... Well, she... Yeah. Mm-hmm. The the thing
3: is like one or the other of the women is barely characters in every yeah. other adaptation. Like mm. in in Bram Stoker's just because it's a 2-hour film instead of an hour 20 minute film, um like there's there's screen time devoted to both of them whereas in this one as as we mentioned, Lucy is uh, Jonathan's fiance and I think that's literally because they killed Jonathan off early so it's like well we have to have Mina connected to the gang some other way than affianced. Uh, right. uh, and at that point, it's like, well, cool. Lucy shows up, becomes a vampire, and gets herself killed. Ditto with the 1931. Like, who's Lucy? I don't know. She's someone who Dracula eats, and then they have to yeah. kill. Like, and that's who Lucy is. Uh.
1: Yeah. Kristen, Kristen and David, do you guys have thoughts on Christopher Lee in, uh, in Dracula? We've been talking a lot.
2: Oh, yeah,
0: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I really love the the energy that Christopher Lee brings to the character um like one of the very first scenes that we see him he's leaping over a table to um grab one of his wives away and like yes. he's um on the on the wikipedia there's the the really like great shot like close up of his face where he's got his like blood dripping down his mouth and his his fangs are out, and he's got his red, like bloodshot eyes, and everything. Um, I don't know. I, I, I liked his Dracula mm-hmm. the most out of the four that we watched. I believe.
2: Hmm.
3: I, I, I like read this... somewhere that this this was uh, Lee's Dracula was the first with like proper fangs, like what we think oh, of yeah. when we think of like Dracula fangs. Uh because because Count Orlock and Nosferatu has sort of like his his front two teeth are like fangs and then legosi doesn't really have fangs
2: yeah yeah
1: Yeah. i agree i agree david i i liked christopher lee's dracula the most and i also liked peter cushing's van helsing the most so much
2: yeah Mm -hmm.
1: agree
4: he was like he he had the like distinguished older man nerd energy that the 1931 van helsing brought because i was like I I also had no understanding of who Van Helsing was as a person, except that I kind of associate the name with like motorcycles and crossbows. Mm -hmm. And then it was just like (laughs) this gruff old man professor in a tweed coat and glasses. He was like, oh, oh, Nosferatu. I knew what to do about this. I was like, oh, I cannot wait to see the evolution of this character over time. And in my opinion, it peaked with Peter Cushing uh, Van Helsing, because he was both that and then also physical action-y sometimes but in like a really funny way where you can tell he's not he's he's not that kind of guy but he will because it's necessary to run down the length of this dining room table and then jump onto a curtain God yes he's, yeah. he's like,
3: a
1: British, he's a so British like, action
3: like, star you know he's
4: a British action
1: star I think Mel Brooks is still my favorite Van Helsing but we didn't watch that movie mm. so of the ones that we watched Peter Cushing is my favorite <laughs>
5: Yeah, I've never, I should, I I've never seen.
3: I've never seen Dracula Dead loving it, but I'm just picturing Mel Brooks be like, "Dracula, Dracula."
1: I mean, pretty much.
0: Yeah, I I should note that we had a list of like eight to ten movies to choose we had from. So many <laughs> there were so many, and and like there was there was no way we could fit them all in. We we could do, do another episode of four other Dracula's oh that we that we yes. didn't
3: pick the first time around.
0: Yeah. They, and there, oh. there were there were several <laughs> others that I was curious about. Like um both watching the original Nosferatu again, watching Nosferatu the vampire, the um Werner Herzog version. There's another Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing one called Dracula eighty four uh nineteen seventy two, which is um Dracula in contemporary for the time, London.
2: Dracula dealing with
0: swing in London, I believe. Yeah, I believe it's one of um, Van Helsing's descendants, is like one of the embassies. Yes, Dracula is brought back to life in modern London and preys on a group of young partygoers that includes, includes the descendant of his nemesis Van Helsing.
2: <laughs> his nemesis So amazing!
3: <laughs> that, that that sounds kind of similar to the the net or, or the BBC show with I can't pronounce his name right. Klee Spangs. Martha knows what I'm talking about.
2: What? The the BBC Dracula that came out like five years ago?
1: The one with Jonathan <laughs> Reese Myers?
3: Came out in 2020? Might not be BBC. It might be Netflix.
1: I was gonna say, I don't know that one. Um, no,
3: it is BBC. It's uh... Cleese Bang is Dracula. Yeah.
1: Jonathan Reese Myers starred in a short-lived Dracula show that was actually much better than an anybody gave it credit for. But that was in...
3: That was like the mid-aughts.
1: Yeah, like 2015 or 2016.
3: This was a this was a Mark Gaddis, Stephen Moffat Dracula.
1: 2013 to 2014. It was the same, same oh. time as Hannibal. <laughs> mm,
3: mm.
1: Yeah, I don't actually know what you're talking about, Pete.
3: Oh, you will either like it or very much not like it after the first season first episode it's your classic bbc i mean it's your classic bbc it's three episodes and they're like 90 minutes each or something
4: um uh kristen we were talking over you before i think
5: yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) sorry i was just gonna say that this is my second favorite of the dracula movies that we watched The first one, I did not expect to like, but was charmed by. And this one, it just had so much more energy, and it was a good time. And Mm -hmm. I was surprised by the lack of Dracula in it, but was so much more intrigued by all the other characters. And I thought, hmm, maybe the best Dracula story is one where he is a side character. And it's more like this, where people are dealing with the after effects and whatnot, and he's there periodically. Um, I don't I know because Dracula was not in, in any of the movies, really, aside from the last one where he is more of like the truly main character, the, the 2014 one. But I, he wasn't that interesting to me. All the other characters were. And then, yeah, this Van Helsing, big fan. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Just <laughs> two bros figuring this out, trying to like solve a murder, kill a monster.
1: I'd, I had a blast. A great... I also think it also helped his with castle. Yes. yes. God, the set design in this movie oh, was... Oh, so good. So good. So good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I also just thought that Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee had great chemistry together mm-hmm. as, like, nemesis. Um, but I agree uh, with you, young, Kristen.
3: young Michael Gould uh, as, as Arthur Homeward, also doing a great job. I, I use Young uh, loosely to describe him.
1: Um, but I agree with you, Kristen. I think that the the interesting Dracula stories are the one where Dracula is a force happening to people and the story is sort of how they deal with that and what it does yeah. to them like on an individual and a group basis, like how what he's doing to them changes the way that they relate to each other and all of that.
5: Especially just because, I mean... All the other characters have these, like, existing relationships that are being impacted by this thing that's happening. Dracula's just kind of there. Yeah. He, like, bites Lucy. And then and then we don't see him again. He's not relevant again. Until he has this whole thing with Nina later. And so it does make sense to sort of remove him. Because in that time, everything that's happening pertains to the other characters. Dracula's is just, like, chilling. Laying on some dirt and i think that they put the nail on the head
1: time for a uh, time for the elephant in the room
0: <laughs> yes oh more more like Are
3: the, the th- wolf in the room
0: <laughs> <laughs> so our third movie of the evening is Bram Stoker's Dracula. This is a 1992 American Gothic horror film directed and produced by Francis Ford Coppola. He of the Godfather fame. And it stars Keanu Reeves, Winona Ryder, Anthony Hopkins, and Gary Oldman as Count Dracula. The Costumes were designed by Aiko Ishioka, who also did the costumes for Tarsem's The Fall, which we just Ooh. watched for catching up David. You can check out our episode at our website. Uh, <laughs> We all we all enjoyed the fall, but
3: um, I, yeah, I, same, haven't
2: the fall. I haven't seen that
0: movie. I not seen that movie since college, and I really want to rewatch
3: it. Yeah, you will not um... find it like there.
5: And I never liked David's movies. That's
0: true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. This is the exception. Uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula was well received by critics, although some were kind of down on poor Keanu's English accent, even though oh. he was trying so hard. He was.
5: That's the he least. He was difference. trying so hard. It.
0: Uh, it opened at number one in the U.S. box office and made 250, uh, 215 million off of its 40 million dollar budget. It was nominated for four Academy Awards and won three for best costume design, best sound editing, and best makeup. The film also has a board game, a pinball machine, what? and what? a video game adaptation, as well as a comic book, tops trading cards, action figures, and Funko pops. Question
1: clarification question yes is this board game that they're talking about the fury of dracula
0: let me find out i i think it's just called bram stoker's dracula okay let me see if i can find it
1: no that that would make more sense there are a lot of dracula themed board games in the world so i was going to bristle a little bit at the idea that fury of dracula was based on this movie
0: It's Bram Stoker's Dracula, colon, the board game.
2: <laughs> it has, it. A, a, it named. A,
0: it has a 5 out of 10 rating on Board Game Geek. <laughs> Great. So,
2: I don't want to spend money on no it, but
4: I also want to know what playing it is like.
0: <laughs> you can uh, you can pick it up for $50 on eBay.
4: Oh, that's too much. <laughs> that's too much,
3: oh, that's too much. <laughs> Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I didn't look into who the Funko Pops are for Bram Stoker's Dracula but look I, I don't own as well. I
3: don't own a single Funko Pop but if there's muscle armor prologue
0: Dracula Funko Pop I might be buying <laughs> that <laughs> uh,
2: no, uh, there's in fact Funko Pop.
0: there is there is only... there is a muscle armor Dracula Funko Pop no, as well I wanted, as... I wanted the
5: only Funko Pops to is... be I only wanted but... them to be Keanu with his dark hair his gray hair and his white hair just just <laughs> <those> three
1: because <laughs> through stages that's the correct response honestly uh didn't love this one as much as i remembered
2: yeah <laughs> oh
1: cool. uh it hits hits a little different in a world where gary oldman has been accused of domestic assault so that was fun yes. that said i love i love anthony hopkins hated this van helsing can't oh, oh, um, stand this Van Helsing. He is opera. one of the things that I really love in a Van Helsing is a level of empathy for all of our, our characters that Anthony Hopkins did not have. I didn't love the way that he is approaching Lucy like so clinically and so callously. Did not care for that. Also, I really, really don't like when Dracula stories make it a love story between mm. dracula and mina mm. doesn't ever work for me so that's not in um, the original source text just to clarify correct okay correct he does have a moment where he feeds nina his blood to like try and get her to like make her a vampire to yeah to make her but vampire it but it's not it's not motivated by anything other than a desire to like screw with everybody else okay Um, I just also I'm pretty sure I'm on record but my preference for vampires I don't love romanticized vampires I like it more when they're like monsters yeah so any story that tries to like humanize Dracula I'm not super into I like it more when he's um sort of an evil force of nature that just kind of exists to terrorize people agreed
4: fully agreed Martha,
3: you like it more when you, you liked uh, post-prologue old Dracula uh, with Harker being just a monster creature.
1: I did not need any of the backstory stuff. I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> I like, don't... Pro- pro- pro-
3: prologue aside, once we got into Harker hanging out with old makeup Gary Oldman, you were like, yes, that is Dracula because he is a, yeah, that an ruled, old ancient and also, monster.
1: Also, I will go to the mat. For Keanu Reeves in this movie, I think my baby boy is doing an excellent job. Oh, no. I think he has I, the I think perfect. Keanu
3: Reeves will not go to the you, mat for Keanu Reeves in this do not,
1: movie. Do not interrupt me when I am defending my boy <laughs> himbo Jonathan Harker. I think he strikes the perfect balance of polite and intelligent. Like he he is smart enough to be where he is, but he's also polite enough to not just leave when stuff right. gets weird. <laughs> so there is a level of like, well, I should leave, but that would be rude, and also might destroy my career. And oops, now I'm trapped. <laughs> um. Also, I just I love a Jonathan Harker who is head over heels in love with Mina, and yeah. I think that they were very yeah. cute together. That
4: romance is nice. I was I a fan with that too. Mm-hmm.
3: I I think this is my favorite Harker, but that's mostly because the 1931 Harker is like. Dumber than a bag of real dumb bricks and uh he's like 19... not even
1: a character. Yeah. Yeah, and
3: his entire like, yeah, all he does is be like, Van Helsing will say something, and then he says, but why are you know, but why male models? Uh <laughs> is is him in that. And then the the 58 uh Harker gets killed off 20 minutes in. So uh
4: Yeah, I would it,
3: had no we all we I think we all were excited for this one. Had we all seen it?
4: So I (laughs) apparently had, but I didn't realize that I had until I was like 10 minutes in. And, Mm. and I was like, I feel like I have seen these things before. I have seen the bloody cross stabbed. I have seen Winona Ryder. I have seen Keanu. And I was like trying to remember like, where's all this coming from? And I had seen it like two or three years before and clearly didn't remember like anything about it um but then i was like oh this is where all my hidden knowledge like it's not it's not good hidden knowledge of dracula but anything that i know <laughs> was like secretly from this movie and i was like oh this is i'm re-experiencing this and i'm not sure i'm happy about it renfield crazy guy who eats flies okay that's where i I had renfield from yeah Yeah, yeah. that's why i was like oh this is renfield this is why i didn't like him at first and why i like him so much more in the 1931 one because he's not just a gross person in a straight jacket with the camera zoomed in really close on his face
1: i did enjoy tom waits as renfield i thought that was fun i enjoyed that too
0: I yeah. Yeah. I I was pretty sure it was Tom Waits but I was like no that can't that can't be
1: that's i rented it i rented this on amazon prime so i had their little x-ray screen up so i could verify that it was in fact tom waits oh, are you nice. telling me you
3: can't <laughs> identify tom waits three packs a day voice from uh from across the room
1: that is That's exactly, why I thought it was exactly what i I thought it was him and then i was like no that can't that can't
0: possibly why would tom Waits be involved in this <laughs>
1: Every but everyone is involved with this. Richard E. Grant is involved with this. Like so good in this. Good
4: actually. Carrie Elwes. I was like, what are you doing here? Yeah, I know.
3: Monica Bellucci is one of Dracula's brides.
1: I did not realize that, and that is wild. Yeah. Um, But also, I that like yes, I expect You say that, and it's like, oh, like that's exactly
3: who I expect Coppola to cast (laughs) one of one of the the vampires.
1: Um, Yes. Visually stunning. No complaints on the visuals here.
3: For for me and and Martha, you've already seen my Letterboxd reviews, so this will sound familiar. This is a pure vibes movie, and I'm never going to fault someone if they're like, the vibes were off. I did not like the camera swinging back and forth or, you know, whatever other nonsense Coppola is doing. I love that it's all...
1: Every once in a while, you say something is pure vibes, and I'm like, Pete, there's too much story happening for this movie to be pure vibes. No, no. The, the
3: reason why this film works is because of the vibes, which is, like, yes, there's a lot of story happening, and, like, you can get off the train because of the story, but you can, you, I don't think this movie works if you're like, I like the story, but I can't get on board with the visual language of it, and that's why I think it's a pure vibes movie. Um, and i i love the for, vibes for I, the, I think it's wild and more. Movies up up like david.
1: for the catching up okay. david crew um pete frequently will refer to something as pure vibes and i sometimes <laughs> agree and sometimes i'm like mm, i don't know that we agree on the meaning of the word vibes <laughs> i my
5: my counter argument to that pete is that visually i don't mind the movie and like the weird angles and the times it decides to like cut to a different style of camera usage blah 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 Uh um the rest of the movie is bad (laughs) (laughs) i did not like this one at all i was texting hallie throughout it like this is terrible why are we watching this one and i thought i would like it because keanu I am happy to hear that it won the Oscar for costumes because especially yes. yeah. Winona Ryder's costumes and oh, her hair sure. were wonderful. Um, the, 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 the silver lining of this movie is the fun it had in the beginning when Keanu first shows up and Dracula, Dracula's shadow is moving independent of him. Yes. and so he's mm-hmm. standing there but you can see the shadow reaching towards Keanu and at some point you know the camera zooms in and we had last seen Dracula on the left side of the screen and then John- or, yeah, Jonathan turns that way and he isn't there and then suddenly Dracula's on the right side of the screen like there's, little there's hints a bit about where, his where the shadow.
3: Movie. Dracula's shadow knocks over the picture before his hand gets to the picture which is just like oh I didn't oh, catch the, that oh, oh it's so good
5: see that that's like a fun thing and the movie did not bring it back or if it did i was too upset by the rest of the movie at that point to notice it but that's the most fun it had and then it was gone and then i just had to watch this movie
1: i did appreciate that this movie is very horny Mm
5: -hmm. that that is also in my
3: letterbox review
1: but it's also it's like equal opportunity horny like the scene where dracula is suddenly shaving jonathan harker like why is this happening <laughs> like i um, I, oh my God, I was so
4: annoyed when mina and lucy kissed in the middle of the bays in the middle of the night when i don't know a million other things are going on there's there's a lot of like sound and a lot of camera movements and stuff and i was like why like I get I get it. Dracula's Dracula's horny. He's got a lot of sexual subtext. But this just felt like let's make two women kiss
2: cuz well, in, in the rain. Defense,
1: <laughs> in defense yeah. of that scene, um their relationship in the book is pretty homoerotic. Is it? Yeah. yeah. I mean that
4: should have been a through line to the whole movie and not just that scene. Like
3: homoerotic yeah. well, asterisk, why... Victorian era. Okay, and...
1: yeah, that's okay, that's a good yeah. Well, but it, so it's very much like, I i would say it's very queer coded in okay. the book, like even for a book that was written in the Victorian era. What annoyed me about that scene is not that it existed, but that it was the only piece of that in the movie that we got. So like, I wanted, I always want their relationship to be more than what we are given. Okay. And it did, it did sort of annoy me that the only time we get to see the two of them, like act in a way that is more than being platonic is a very sort of exploitative scene, like specifically for Dracula's male gaze, right.
4: Like, <laughs> that's you know, like if it had been a through line and there had been more subtext, would have been fine with it. But because it's the only one, it just it just feels like it just feels like a male gaze kind of a thing, and that pisses me off, yeah, <laughs> agreed. Yeah, I just restated wrong. what you said. So yeah. <laughs>
2: just, just I contributed nothing just now. Thoughts. I don't David? know. There are
1: pieces there are pieces oh, of this movie that I like so much. Um, but the whole of it and then there are pieces of it that really really annoy me. I, I, just... I will say
3: you you all were were we're down on this version of Van Helsing. And I I said before we started recording, I think it's just because I've seen this version like the most that this to me is the is, is my canonical Van Helsing of he's eccentric and, uh, brusque and, you know, going to go chop someone's head off. Uh, chops a lot of people's heads off in this movie. Uh, but I, but I, I, I totally buy the counter argument of like, no, he needs to be like, empathetic towards people and this van helsing is not empathetic uh he's he's playing to the cheap seats and having a fun time but he's not empathetic
4: i just i was so excited because like like loved the other two van helsings and was like i can't wait to see his evolution through time and then we just went backwards and i was like oh this isn't what this isn't what i wanted for our boy van helsing It's not even like that he's like eccentric. Like I can deal with an eccentric character who maybe doesn't mean to be rude, but is rude. It's just that, it's just, it's just that like he didn't bring anything besides that.
3: What are you talking about? Oh. He brought a giant leather book that said "Vampire" on the cover. Apparently, yeah, and in then his he steamer like, trunk across the age, ocean,
4: just like my age-old nemesis, Dracula, who I've <laughs>
3: hunted through the ages. Right. And I was like, "I what? just, I just carry this ten thousand page book with me everywhere I go." What
4: are you talking about, Van Helsing? The other ones were like, "I oh, yes knows I know this type of mythical being," and and then he's just like, "God." this bastard i'm gonna kill
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know i i prefer it when van helsing is operating from a place of love than from a place of like cold scientific yeah observation yeah. fair fair because wh- one of the other things that i really like in dracula and vampire stories is this idea that one of the things, one of the advantages that our group of heroes has over Dracula are their interpersonal connections, like they are stronger together yeah. than he is and so that that is kind of one of the things that I am looking for in a Dracula story. Sure. Uh, and I,
3: I will be the first to admit that I don't think I can dis- disconnect my love of just uh, Anthony Hopkins' like voice from this version of, like, you know, he's doing all... Uh, First of ah. all, he, he, he plays three different characters in this movie which is hilarious and <laughs> and beyond that it's like he's doing his voiceover narration I'm like and this is how i dr van helsing entered the story i'm like oh yes just keep talking keep talking at me narrate this whole movie this is fine <laughs> that uh, i do disagree with <laughs> he he plays the priest in the prologue and he plays the captain of the Demeter. uh because why not let's just keep giving him more roles <laughs> more roles <laughs>
5: he was narrating though i just thought of how he narrated the grinch (laughs) and i was like oh this isn't the grinch (laughs) (laughs) every time he talked i'm like hey where's jim
2: carrey (laughs) (laughs) Mm. david did you have thoughts
1: yeah would jim
3: carrey be a good or bad renfield
5: great renfield
1: i think a good one but it would depend on the tone of the movie
5: Mm, mm -hmm. that's true
1: we are about to get a movie this year called renfield where nicholas holt plays renfield to nick cage's dracula i am very excited for that i could not yes hallie i could not be more excited (sighs) yes
3: i'm my my i'm excited with reservations Uh, The other
1: movie that we're getting this year, and I do think it's wild that we're getting both of these in the same year, is a movie called *The Demeter* that is just about what happens on that boat.
4: Oh my god, that would be so cool! I like that.
1: Yeah, who's who's in that? When's that coming out?
5: No idea. It's called
3: (laughs) *The Last Voyage of the Demeter* or or *Demeter*. Yes. Uh, Corey Hawkins uh, stars as a doctor liam cunningham is in it david dasd i recognize his name um
1: it is expected in august of this year all right
0: oh it's by the guy that did troll hunter i've been meaning to watch troll hunter for a very long time
1: troll hunter rips that is not related to anything we are talking about right now, but that movie, <laughs> that movie whips ass. It's so good.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've I've heard nothing but good things. It has been on my list for a while.
1: Uh, do oh. you have any any thoughts about uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, David?
0: Yeah, I think I would have liked it a lot more if I wasn't watching it with Hallie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow!
2: Wow! What what does Hallie. That mean?
0: No, I'm I'm teasing. Hallie was not into it though, and I think if I had been by myself, watching it and just experiencing all of its very weird shots and like red blood vessels floating across the screen and like just everything that it's everything that happens in this movie is really. Much more wild than all of the other ones that we watched, and I think I, I'm not I'm not convinced for sure that I would have enjoyed it more. But um, I like I like movies that are doing weird stuff, and there's definitely a lot of weird stuff that happens in this in this movie visually so i don't okay. know
3: if nothing else this if movie that, is I'm a not, big swing hallie
0: i'm not yeah, i'm not i'm not blaming you for my disappointment in
4: it, yes he <laughs> is it Gram is Stabbers possible Stabbers, but... that i colored your viewing of it by groaning constantly because i
2: was
4: scared <laughs> the whole time and at one point i did yeah. turn to david and i was like there is no cause and effect in this movie only writhing There was only writhing. It was just getting so sick of it.
3: There's a lot lot of writhing because it's really horny. Yeah. I will assume hornyness other than writhing. I I will say, and this is um this is one of the like boring facts that always gets touted out when this movie is discussed. Uh but all the entire movie was done with effects that could have been done in the 1930s. So there's no CGI in this all. And most of it is in-camera effects or things like double exposure. Um, mm-hmm. Which is one of the reasons that this movie looks like absolutely wild. And knowing that going in, there were a couple s- sequences in this, uh, especially like where uh, Gary Roman like looks towards camera and his fangs come out, where I'm like, okay, but hold on. How did they do that in camera? Or even using double exposure? Like, how did you do that? Because uh, that's, that's up insane.
5: Because I also read that they didn't use any sort of CGI. And so when the things came out, I was like, Hol- hold hold on. Right, hold like, wait, on. Mean... Did he have like a secret like a secret thing in his mouth that he just like pushed with his tongue and they came out? Like I've Must that have. Specific...
3: Oh, so or something. Um also a little guy known as uh Francis Ford Coppola's son was in charge of the special effects in this movie. So uh, hmm. you know, we want to talk about Nepo babies.
1: We don't. <laughs> i'm i'm cutting that one off
3: <laughs> i mean there's nothing else to say other than hmm yep okay do we want to go on to dracula untold or anything else we want to talk about for this one
4: yeah david i may have cut you off when i once again reiterated that i hated the movie <laughs> instead of you having your own opinion so if you want to elaborate
0: um i I don't <laughs> I this is a movie that I, I think I want to watch again at some point. And it may not be for a little while, but I would kind of like to revisit it just to um I don't know, soak in it a little bit more. <laughs> like I love I love the the costuming and um just the the scenery and like some just visually, it's just such a, it, it's such a delight. It, it's and luxurious
3: film and nothing looks like it these days.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's what really kind of pulled me into it. And like, I don't know the, the characterizations Maybe not my favorite. Like I, I, do love Tom Waits primarily as a musician, but like his Renfield was not, not as good as the 1931 Renfield for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's something that I, I have been sitting with for a little bit, and I, I want to go back and revisit it. So not
1: imagine. Those are, those are my thoughts.
0: <laughs> I, I am putting I'm putting a pin in this one to come back to later. <laughs>
1: I will say for all that this on this rewatch, it left sort of a rough taste in my mouth. It is dense enough that I do think it is worth revisiting. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know that I will again at this point. Um, but I would be interested to hear from you if you do any sort of reevaluation of it on a second watch.
0: Yeah, definitely.
3: And I, I was glad to hear from you that, uh, I might mispronounce her name, uh, Iko Ishioka. Uh, Iko Ishioka? Um. Won, Iko, I believe. Iko, okay, Iko Ishioka won the Academy Award for costume design because everything everyone is wearing in this movie, and especially everything that Dracula is wearing in this movie, is just perfection. Yeah. Yeah, it's a I, beautiful
5: question. I, I, I uh, okay, maybe this is a dumb question, um... Were costume design and like makeup separate awards at this point, or were they still lumped into one? Separate
3: and this one both.
5: Oh, okay. Because listen, I, Martha, I know that you were like, ah, yes, Dracula, when we see him as like old and creepy. What a time. I (laughs) hated it. I like. (laughs) Too too, too spooky? (laughs) Not too spooky, just like gross unsettling and yuck (laughs) um but the fact that they got me to have such a reaction of being like i just stop i do not want to see this man um (laughs) well done to them so they they achieved i'm I'm very happy yeah and then his his hair how it was in like the weird big bun and it went down to like the two long braids i thought that was very cool I was grossed out by him, but <laughs> I like the hair a lot. So I'm really happy to hear that this won the awards that I don't know what it was up against, but I believe that it deserved them, so. Um,
1: I believe, I I think we should move along to a movie that honestly could have used more horniness, if you
3: ask me. <laughs> I, literally my thoughts as I was watching this one, I'm like, you know what Dracula Untold doesn't have? A single ounce of horniness.
0: <laughs> Not even with a Tracula? A No. Luke Evans is attractive. No. Yes, this is true. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, our final movie for the evening is Dracula Untold. It's a 2014 American action horror film directed by Gary Shore in his directorial debut and written by Matt Sazama and Burke Sharpless. It stars Luke Evans as Vlad Dracula, along with Sarah Gaddon, Dominic Cooper, Art Parkinson, and Charles Dance as the Master Vampire. Dracula Untold, it did pretty well at the box office. It earned $217 million off of its $70 million budget, although only $56 million of that came domestically, which is not great. Uh also received poor reviews from critics with a 25% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Though it does hold an A- minus audience score on CinemaScore.
3: What? How
0: How is that possible? There there are lots of harsh review blurbs on the Wikipedia if you dislike this movie and want to read them. Though I will highlight Kyle Smith from the New York Post who wrote, quote, This Vlad the Impaler has all the edge of Vlasic the Pickle. Yeah. Sick, sick burn <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> <Good job. laughs> yeah. So that's that's our little intro for Dracula Untold. Which? <laughs> oh,
5: are you done? <laughs> I was just going to ask
0: you, Kristen. Is this your favorite of them?
5: The best one. I loved this one. I had so Wait, much fun. Really? Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> I got the same reaction. It's <laughs> like what I, I and then Hallie said she didn't like it, and I'm like, that's because you hate fun and joy. And she said, where is the fun and joy in this movie? And I'm like, um, excuse me, man is trying to save his family and his land. He goes to make a curse or make a deal with this curse, and was like, ho ho, I only have to withstand this for a couple days, and then the curse will be broken. <laughs> you thought, brother, and then. He basically gets superpowers and gets to defeat like a whole thousand-man army on his own. And he can see all these things and hear all these things. And I know Martha, you said you do not like Dracula and Mina as a romantic relationship. And any time they painted that in the previous movies we watched, it came off as weird and stalkery and creepy to me. But this one, because we did see them have like a loving marriage, spoiler alert, at the end of the movie, when it, it when it shows them in uh, modern times, and he sees a person who looks just like his wife, Marina, it, it's that much more charming. It seems more like, oh, oh, he found his wife reincarnated instead of just like, oh, this is a man hyperfixating on a woman he just saw across the street. Um, but no, I had a blast. This is the best of them. I know it's an unpopular opinion, but it is the correct opinion,
1: no, and Kristen, <laughs> I truly wish that I had had as much fun watching this movie as I just had listening to you describe this movie <laughs> mm-hmm. like my my big problem, my big problem with this was that I didn't feel like anyone was enjoying themselves in it like there's, i there's no joy i I love a goofy action movie, and i i I don't know. Luke Evans is just so dour the whole time, and I know that he has a sense of humor. Like he's, he can be really fun in movies, but this movie, his performance to me really felt like pulling teeth. And I don't know. I wish, I wish everyone in this movie had had as much fun as I think Charles Dance had because his <laughs> scenes,
2: oh yeah, his I scenes were know. buck wild
1: and also my favorite parts of I the don't know whole if thing. Even
3: he was having fun.
1: uh I um. But yeah, I wish, like, I, wish, like, I wish it had been. He was the like vampire in the cave that the, Luke Evans the goes one. to. Oh, okay, yeah, the
5: master,
3: okay. the master vampire. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I don't it's know. I wish done. it had been. I wish it had been sexier. I wish it had been like. I wish everything had been taken up a little bit more. Like if every element of it had been pitched a little higher, I think I would have had more fun with it. Martha, yeah, the problem is that That's this movie fair.
3: this this movie was made in 2014, so there can be no sex. In movies or sexiness. If this movie had been made in the '90s, it would have been very horny. But as as we saw <sighs> in Bram Stoker's I I uh feel but <laughs> so go ahead. Uh, 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 the 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 flip side of this, like I did not enjoy this movie. But every now and then, there were really interesting shots or visual ideas or camera moves where I'm like, oh, I've actually never seen that in a movie. Um, those a bit where like he I don't know, kills a guy with a sword or something. And then the sword is like wobbling in the ground and we zoom into it and we see the reflection of the battle in the wobbling sword. I'm like, that's, that's really, really cool and then the rest of the movie i'm just like oh my god this is awful if if i was if i was it feels like i'm living 500 years just watching this movie if this is the curse of vampirism no thank you uh and then every now and then there's a little bright patch like ooh but actually he turned into a bunch of bats and they became a fist and they punched a bunch of dudes that's
1: cool well, i will How also can you say i not love the movie after that i will also <laughs> say that if the universal push if if Universal Pictures had succeeded in creating their dark universe, and this actually had become, like, one of a series of Luke Evans and Charles Dance, like, facing off over the years as opposing mm-hmm. vampire forces, right. that would have ruled. Like, I, would be, I, would have so, been... I would be
3: into a <laughs> Luke Evans, Charles Dance, rival vampires in the year 2020. <laughs> like, that sounds, I'm on board with that movie.
4: Oh, for sure.
1: So, yeah, I'm really bummed that the um, Tom Cruise mummy movie did so badly because I think that that killed that whole thing real it dead. Did. It mm, is it honestly um, a
3: real shame that this movie did not kill the whole dark universe because then we could have said that this movie put a stake then in we the could have of the dark universe. <laughs> but it was the mummy, so, you know,
0: we can't make that joke. Killing, also,
2: killing the
1: conversation.
0: <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of mummy movies, I agree with... Uh, with Martha, that Luke Evans is really dour and really needed some of that like Brendan Fraser energy. We just watched. <laughs> yeah, we yes. just watched the Brendan Fraser mummy
2: for a podcast film.
0: not too long ago. Great and um, yeah, like that's a film where everybody is enjoying themselves.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, and
0: you can tell, you know, you can tell in just about every scene, like people are having fun. The uh, the script is just just full of joy in a way that this one was not. This one really I, a I did. I also I also loved um I also loved Charles dance. I I thought that was the best part where um Luke Evans and Charles dance are in the cave and
5: mm-hmm.
0: um they have their their little dialogue. But um
5: and the what happens next. You die. Like, so good! <laughs>
3: this, I don't know. This, this movie was a disaster of editing, though, is part of it. Like, I, I think major changes to the story and a better editor would have made this movie like, twice as good. Uh, but it's like, the, 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 the jump from scene to scene, I'm just like, I don't know what's happening here.
5: Okay, but counter-argument, 1992 Bram Stoker's Dracula? I had, like, mentally, I had to keep referring to the previous Dracula movies we had seen, because to me, it all felt very disjointed. It didn't seem like, oh, here's how these plots all interweave. It's like, oh, this is what's going on with Mina, and here's what's going on with Jonathan. Oh, and also Dracula's doing this, and sometimes Mm. we cut to Renfield for no apparent reason. And it just did a lot of jumping, whereas this one, I think, brought it back to just, like, one main dude. That's that's a fair
3: that's a fair argument, but counter counter counterpoint, the (laughs) the ninety two Bram Stoker's Dracula had a lot of fun crossfades, which which gave you a at the very least thematic connection between scenes. This movie would have been like three times as good if there were some real fun crossfades, right? Like okay. if there's like a circle and then we fade into the sun, that's that's super cool. Like a, a nice little match cut right there, that's great. More of that
5: isn't the Star Wars PowerPoint thing. Giant. I don't gi- want it. No, 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 not,
3: not no, 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 <laughs> no, not one of those. Not one of those. I'm talking about like a match cut, right? Where like where in in Bram no, Dracula, right? Like like what if one of those silver coins that's glowing so brightly in Dracula's eyes match cuts into the moon or the sun? Ooh, that'd be a cool little visual
4: that would have been You're cool. not wrong but like <laughs> that's that's my issue with this movie and not having a lot of joy is that it feels like instead of being a movie that i mean it could have benefited from horniness but instead of being made at a time where like that just wasn't a thing i feel like it was made at a time where being dark and cool and edgy was really really popular i mean it still is yeah, yeah. but like it was trying it was trying to leverage all joy and fun for being like serious so that it was taken more seriously as being dramatic and important and i ju- and i just like couldn't it's it's
5: know, game of thrones
3: it. it's game of thrones the dracula
5: basically so, it, my I, I mean, one of these days you have to accept that sometimes things can be dark and edgy <laughs> and it is fun without yeah no i
4: think that it. is true i don't think it's true of this movie or many other movies i think it's very I, hard to pull off and i think a lot of people think that they can and cannot
1: so when we were discussing our list of movies for this episode one of the uh you know we talked about making sure that we had an action-oriented dracula story on here because that has become such a thing in the aughts and the other option that i put forth was the 2004 van helsing where hugh jackman plays van helsing um And the reason that I bring it up now is because I feel like a lot of what this movie is trying to do, Van Helsing also does, but still keeps a sense of humor about it. So I think Van Helsing balances the like dark and gritty, but also the sort of over-the-top pulp adventure feel, um, and also is like people are having fun in it. So that... I, I wish that this movie had had a little bit more of what Van Helsing had going on. Mm, I, I want to well, watch
3: Van Helsing. Van Van Helsing has more of the mummy DNA where this has, like, yes. wannabe MCU DNA.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I would say wannabe DC. Or DCU,
3: yeah, D, DCEU yeah. would be the better, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
4: Other than like, I was really interested to see a Dracula that was like, we're going to tell you about Count Vlad Dracula in 14-whatever. Here's,
3: here's my problem, though their history mm-hmm. is awful as <laughs> as the resi- as the resident <laughs> historian with a lot of background on particular Ottoman history, oh my God this history is awful so, <laughs> okay,
4: so I just watched the Netflix documentary about Mehmed and Vlad yeah. uh, probably to my detriment because I was also like it wasn't like this and I think their real history was probably a better story choice oh. but fine whatever like there were just a lot of details they left out. Also, like if
3: if you want to do, if if you want your movie to kind of be about the Dev devshirme, which was the um the collection of Christian youth as a tax to become the Janissary Corps, yeah, that should maybe be the entire focus of your movie, not like you know an afterthought. An afterthought, yeah.
4: I know, um, like it, like obviously it is bad to take children and train them to be soldiers. Like we like what? we know that it <laughs>
2: what it's bad, what? but
4: I feel like. We could have seen more of it, and then the movie would have had more of the emotions it was going for.
5: Like, also, it cut out... not
3: to defend taking children and turning them into soldiers, of the ways you could do it, the Janissary Corps was the best way? Which is, it? which is, a, I mean, P- like, do in you, the sense that, like, you, like listen, I'm Pete, not defending please, it. Pete, um, please
1: think about whether you
3: want this to be recorded <laughs> No, I am absolutely not defending it. I'm just saying there are ways to make child soldiers, and there are ways to make child soldiers. And, uh, you know, throughout history.
4: <laughs> like, the thing is that I am actually so interested in the historical context that I was totally nerding out. Like, no, show me show me more, like, real history that happened. But dramatized, because it's a film. Like, I didn't right, want yeah. it to be, you know, an exactly 100% truth accurate thing. I just right, wanted like it I'm... to be, like, mostly accurate with some flair.
3: Yeah, it's like, as a history nerd, I'm like, yeah, I know I'm I'm watching an action movie, not a documentary. So we're obviously right. gonna have, like, you know, we're gonna make some stuff up for for movie reasons. My problem was, it's like, the the Turks were portrayed as, like, so evil early on. I know! That when, I know! Like, when, when Dracula and all his vampires go and murder everyone, I'm like, I think I'm supposed to feel bad for the Turks because they're getting murdered by vampires, but, <laughs> but I like, don't because they've been portrayed as evil villains. Right!
4: And, like, so. the actual context, from what I understand, is so much more interesting, which is that because uh, Wallachia was, like, the buffer state between... Between the Muslim Turks and the Christian world, like the Christian world was desperate to keep paying Wallachia to be like, hey, you can you can continue to fight the Turks for us and keep us. Yeah, they were geographically separate, and then the Turks were like, we want to take you over so that we are closer to the Christian world, which I think is just a really, a, a really neat, interesting conflagration of like politics and religion of the era that turned into this like. Kind that, or at least influenced what we know as the legend of Dracula. How Vlad the Impaler came to be. Yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that's all. That's all true. And then the flip side is like religion was part of it, but in another way, it wasn't because it's like yeah, right, it not is, is mostly Turks about... and Christian, Christian Holy Roman Empire. But also, it's dudes want land and other dudes don't want to give up land. So... Right. It's
4: power and it's money. Like yeah, that's exactly. that's essentially what it's about using religion as a as a as a farce a, yeah right
2: right just
4: taking over and how like 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 taking the ruling the taking the ruler's kids as like a ward slash hostage was right that that goes back barely, thousands oh, of like, years
2: that super happened, common. yeah yeah
4: yeah super common and it it's sucks like, obviously but
3: right it's like the the holy roman empire would go to all the other christian kingdoms be like we need help to beat back the turks and then they'd mm-hmm. get help and then they'd repress the people that they just liberated just as badly as the thirst did it's like great it's not actually about liberation
4: yeah so i was just i'm a nerd i was interested in that thing and i was like yeah yeah historic like a lightly historical dracula here we go and then um untold left things that i wanted told untold and i was upset
3: (laughs) (laughs) some one of you i think tweeted more like Dracula, Better Never Told, or something. I'm, I'm butchering your tweet, and you Save should uh,
0: you should I claim it.
3: You should claim it and say it because it was very good.
0: <laughs> should have been Dracula Unwatched. <laughs>
2: ah, <laughs> there <laughs> we go. Yes. Yeah. that's when I, I was being
1: <laughs> I was being a little whiny about not watching Van Helsing, <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> but
4: I enjoyed it. I like that that for some reason these four Dracula movies have just drawn out some very strong opinions. And like, by the end of this series, I was like, God, I hate Dracula. I can't watch another Dracula. I need to know more about Dracula. Like, I am stuck in this thing now. Like, I'm going to read Bram Stoker's novel. I'm going to do the Tumblr thing. I'm going to watch Van Helsing. Like, I'm here now, and I'm angry about it.
3: Tune in for our next crossover, where we're talking about four different other Dracula movies. Four different
1: Draculas! No, No, I can't I'm dragged out. It's a Dracula pod. The Dracula Daily stuff is really interesting, because it's not... it's not the order the book is published in it's just strict mm-hmm. chronological order mm-hmm. and it was especially in the beginning sections which are almost all Jonathan's diary entries it was a little bit like getting an email update from my very good friend Jonathan Harker god I, I love that who's,
3: who's having a very tough work <laughs> trip
1: oh my god also <laughs> the book is the book is insane like I'm really excited Hallie for you to read it for the first right. time I'm because... going to get on hold right now <laughs> there are <laughs> There are bits in it where it's just like, "What is happening?"
3: Uh, it okay, does have all that, the racism you would you expect are. from a Victorian novel.
1: Oh boy, okay. the, the stuff—the stuff with the—the the stuff with the Romani people is rough. Hmm. Um, because it was written in the 1890s by by, yeah. by by
5: the English, so well, technically no. yeah. Irish. Oh, Irish Blade, by a white bo- man, yeah. by,
1: by a
3: colonized okay. man. Yes,
5: yeah one okay. thing that i thought was interesting is that i have not read the book at all but i have seen the funny tweet about how jonathan harkness is like in the castle dracula is being super weird oh my and God. he doesn't suspect anything until he sees him like crawling like a lizard on the wall and
1: then it's like oh in the lizard fashion very specific in a
5: lizard fashion so when that's like because I don't know anything about Dracula, I cannot stress how little I know about this character. Um, That's like the one little bit that I do know. So I did not enjoy the 92 one, but it does get like a fraction of a gold star because it included the weird lizard wall crawling, which is the (laughs) only thing I knew about Dracula. So that's all I know about the book. Oh, 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 oh. i have i have one more comment about this movie yes i think part of the reason that i loved it for all the other reasons i have said is that at this point like you asked why dracula was being retold in so many different ways and why people kept messing with the story and personally, I think Dracula is just not my cup of tea. There are certain things that it can be the same story over and over. Like any version of Persephone and Hades where they're in love and Persephone went willingly into the underworld.
1: I'm, I'm going to consume that ferociously. Inject it, inject yeah. it directly into my veins. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, straight in there. And I'm good to go. And I think Dracula just personally
5: doesn't have that power. It doesn't have that draw. And so after 3 movies of even though they were different iterations and you know a few things changed here and there it was ultimately the same story and so i think this final one is just one up my app but it also was such a nice change of pace from the dracula story <laughs> i had had to watch at this point for, for sure. like five hours but so, <laughs> you yes. know in
3: a, in a way th- isn't dracula like hades and mina like persephone
1: <laughs> do
5: not But
1: so kristen if you haven't seen van helsing i think you would enjoy it it is a little bit what if dracula was the friends we made along the way <laughs> okay, <laughs> I that that
2: sounds <laughs>
5: god i want that
1: i technically <laughs> saw
5: van helsing i believe my family went to go see it in theaters um however i was a young one at that time so any memory of it is lost on me and yeah, also i probably find... was like who's van helsing what that's just wolverine
1: yeah and... it asks yeah. you it it asks nothing of you in terms of familiarity with the dracula story and is just a, a like, if you like Dracula Untold and you like the mummy, Van Helsing exists mm-hmm. in the middle of those two things.
5: Okay, that is the one Dracula story I will continue on. And with what I will, yes, I will watch. And
1: Dracula is not the main character in that. So Isn't it's a nice Frankenstein?
5: Little... Spoiler.
1: Franken- <laughs> Frankenstein is in it, yes. Interesting. Oh.
4: So they were starting the connected universe even before Dracula Untold
5: i mentioned this to hallie and david um i read a book that was meant to be sort of a version of frankenstein uh oh god what's it called martha uh, i don't if like you would know it. it the
1: darkest son of elizabeth frankenstein yes it was i love one. that book i love that it book. was so good
5: and they mentioned the town that, like eagle how t- in- something in, in-, 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 in- i don't in- know that? Stops. And so, in, and so I an think eye. it was the 1931 movie that mentioned it. And I was like, oh, 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 crossover. That's the town from the book. That's a Frankenstein thing. So I have no clue if that's actually canonically true in the world of Frankenstein, another novel I have not read and know nothing about. But I liked that there was potential for all these monsters to just be like actually existing in the same universe.
1: Well, I believe the I believe that Bella Lugosi played Dracula in a movie with Frankenstein in it. Yes, Ooh, okay, but it might fun.
3: have been one of those um, Abbott and Costello meet Dracula, and also Frankenstein. Well, he definitely did that.
1: Kind but of I just movies. I think that I think that Universal has been playing with these characters in the same kind of sandbox for a while. Yeah. The Dark yeah, Universe thing was just sort of the, an attempt to like codify instantly. it. Yeah. Yes. Well, and they're all in the public domain now, so. Ha, ha. I mean, like,
3: like they're ha. in the public domain, but the the audience when, when like, even now, when audiences think of, of Dracula, they think of Bela Lugosi, so like that yeah. is owned by Universal.
1: Related, because I do think we should start, and I, I do think we should start kind of winding down. Mm-hmm. But um, in your episode on the Mummy, catching up, David, folks, you posited the question of what is your favorite Universal monster. And as far as I'm concerned, the most, most correct answer is um, the creature from the Black Lagoon. Of I think course he you would say that you love Shape of Water, <laughs> <laughs>
3: as do we all, but... It's
1: actually it's actually probably the Wolfman, but I have a very soft spot yeah. in my heart for the creature from the Black Lagoon.
4: I still have not seen that. Maybe I'll put that on hold, too. Hold
1: on. Shape of Water?
3: Yes. It rules. We, we stay on fish gods.
1: Fishman gods. <laughs> and we I... stand the women who love them. Mm-hmm.
4: Um, and then before we do wind down, um, speaking of what we were speaking of minutes ago, with how there are so many versions of Dracula, uh, after watching two of them, I started building my own Dracula, taking components yes. from the things that I like. Yes. And I think You've, that. You Frankensteined um... a Dracula. <laughs> I Frankensteined a Dracula. I really Frankensteined it because. I did the thing that all the edit patients did and just made it a different story. Um, because <laughs> what I want from Dracula is our intrepid cast of characters getting stuck in Drac's castle for some kind of period of time and mm-hmm. having to like escape. And then it really it really gets me that the movies like go to Transylvania to get Dracula to sign some papers for a real estate transaction. And then we go back to England where he's going to like reign his terror and everybody. So I would really like to see him rain his terror on a character like Renfield in the 1931 and then go to England because it's just scarier that way. And then I I, I just really want them to like chase to do a boat chase. Like, oh, man, we got to stop Dracula from getting to England to walk around and sometimes and sometimes eat people. That's what I want from Dracula, a classic (laughs) scary house hanging out in the background but if we weren't doing that or if we were oh superstitious peasantry that's also what i wrote down i want more superstitious peasantry <laughs> the, mourning these
5: foolish tourists
4: the the problem is the
3: book has superstitious peasantry and it is about as racist as you as you'd imagine okay well i want A, an irish dude who's never peasantry. been to central europe uh doing it
4: <laughs> i want i want non-racist superstitious sure. peasantry who's just like hey You guys are idiots. Honestly,
3: (laughs) both versions of Nosferatu have good superstitious peasantry.
4: Yeah, I would Um, love to see that. I
3: I would also, based on everything you just said, I'd recommend you watch the the 2020 Netflix Dracula. Oh, okay. Uh, It is three episodes. The first one follows familiar beats, and the second two you're either on board or you're very off board with. Okay. Uh, I feel like some of you will be very on board with the changes that they make and some of <laughs> you might be like nope this is nonsense uh, and okay, get off and get
4: off the up. boat. But taking specific parts from the actual films we watched. All right, I am keeping 1931 Renfield and Bella Lugosi as well as his classic direct design. Keeping the vibes and keeping those two people. I'm keeping right. um I'm keeping Van Helsing from the 70s Christopher Lee one, as well as the accidental slapstick that happens throughout that movie.
2: Um, I'm keeping
4: Keanu. Quincy, he's in. He has a much bigger part, more lines. He's she's just around. Keeping the bro squad. Um, all of the costumes I am keeping as well from uh Bram Stoker. And then um I'm keeping a little bit of the historical context from Dracula Untold, because I didn't mind the backstory about the wife. I don't think that I didn't like the love story between them, but I liked like, oh, here's who Dracula was as a person. Here's why he's cursed. Because a person being cursed and then like taking that out on the living is scarier to me than just a rando. So I enjoyed the historical context. And I enjoyed the creepy old things in the castle. So I wanted that. And then all the other people who I just who I just mentioned really almost the whole cast of Bram Stoker except for Van Helsing and Renfield and Dracula.
1: Interesting, yeah.
4: Yeah, that's my that's my ideal Dracula.
1: I think that I I could take either Bella Lugosi or Christopher Lee. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed both of them. Um, but otherwise, I would watch that movie.
4: Hell yeah. I'm gonna make it. I'm somehow going to make this movie. I'm just gonna splice it all together.
3: Step one in Frankenstein you up Bella Lugosi.
5: <laughs> With my
4: vast resources and editing software, I am going in a few- to do this. When I
5: can watch something Dracula again,
4: I will consider watching <laughs> your Frankenstein time, And then only you can see it because it will violate all copyright laws.
3: By, by that point, at least the universal Dracula will be in, in public domain. So oh my god, will, that's right. It will that's only right. violate some copyright
4: laws. Okay, only some copyright <laughs> yeah. laws. I've got that going for me. Okay.
1: Any other final thoughts on Draculas and the depictions thereof?
3: Not a one of us in this episode did the Mitch Hedberg Dr. Acula joke, and... This is me shoehorning it in here at the end. <laughs> is <laughs> Just that so a Mitch Hedberg joke, up? or is
1: that a Scrubs joke? Oh, I thought it was a Mitch
3: Hedberg joke, but
1: no, it's definitely it's definitely a could, JD bit on
5: Scrubs. Could be both.
1: I guess um. one closing
5: thing that I want to hear from everyone is their ranking of the four movies mm. officially. <clears throat>
3: uh, okay, I think I got that. Go, go. Uh number four, Dracula Untold. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> uh then a big jump. And this one's a little tough, but I'm gonna go 31 Dracula. It's just it doesn't click together f- it like it should. Uh then I'm gonna go with uh Christopher Lee's Dracula because I liked it and I loved how it we like zigged instead of zagged. But at the end of the day. Bram Stoker's Dracula was like maybe the first Dracula movie I ever saw, and it left a lasting impression on me. And even this rewatch, I enjoyed. So that that is my number one. Um, it's also the closest <laughs> to the source material. Uh, so uh, there we go. That's my that's my
1: rank list. Yeah, I think right. mine goes in order from four to one. Dracula Untold bram stoker's dracula and i give bram stoker's dracula a bit of an edge um mostly on the visuals i think it's much more interesting to look at uh and then 1931 and then 1958 which i just had a blast from start to finish i thought that one was super fun and it's the one that i could see watching again the soonest i think
4: Mine is almost the exact same. I've got Bram Stoker's Dracula coming in at number four. Just (laughs) did not care for it. And then Dracula Untold at number three. 1931 Bela Lugosi at number two. And then the Christopher Lee 58 at number one.
0: My list is exactly the same as Martha's. (laughs) Uh, Dracula Untold, Bram Stoker's Dracula, 1931, and Horror of Dracula being my favorite. Really
5: Just did not to expect us. Uh, this surprises no one. Number four, <laughs> Bram Stoker's Dracula. Uh, number three, 1931 Dracula. It it charmed me, but it didn't wow me. Uh, number two, 1958 Dracula, and then number one, Dracula Untold. I'm glad it. that you you are sing,
3: you are single handedly pulling up Dracula Untold. I am single handedly pulling up bram sogers dracula Yep, <laughs> <laughs> and we both were everyone was pretty down with a uh, apparently 1958 dracula is the winner yeah. of, of our our rankings
5: that's the one that just across the board we're all like yeah it slaps because it does
1: so next on tap for our next episode uh pete and i are going to be doing a john wick deep dive so Ooh. we're doing
3: the john's wick
1: uh (laughs) there's only the one (laughs) there's there's three movies but it's only the one guy
3: and actually by the time our episode drops there will have been four movies um but we're probably only get around getting around to watching the three
1: yeah i don't know if i'll be able to see number four in the theater beforehand but yeah so that's gonna be our next episode so keep a lookout for that um I, this, we're recording this before, um, I record my next Love Ya, so I can't do an announcement about what movie we're watching yes, next for can. that yet. Yes, you are
3: You are literally recording that tomorrow, and you are doing
1: the- No, I know, but, Pete, in the order that these episodes are going to be released, oh, the episode I that Bart and about. I are recording tomorrow is going to drop before this one that we're recording now, so I don't know what our next Love is going to be That yet. That is a very good point as I pull up the spreadsheet <laughs> and know that there is
3: nothing uh, after our Johnswick. Wick. Uh, Cool. Cutting this
1: all out. (laughs) Go
3: ahead and either cut Um, this out or make us look dumb.
1: But yeah, so um, I hope listeners enjoy that. Uh, You can find me elsewhere on the web, everywhere at Magical Martha, including tinyletter.com backslash Magical Martha, which is the newsletter I write sometimes. Um, Keep an eye open for uh, what I'm sure will be some kind of Oscars analysis Uh, pre and post game because i have a disease and that disease is uh, oscars (laughs) obsession and and speaking
3: of there might be an emergency did you do your homework episode after the oscars if we want to shout about that for a while um we'll
1: see how things go
3: we'll see yeah um Uh, pete where can people find you Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Pico3000, that's P-I-K-O-3000, where I'm talking politics and pop culture, and you can find me on Letterboxd at P-Romberg, P-R-H-O-M-B-E-R-G, where uh, I'm not only reviewing, but also now rating movies using their five-star rating system. Yes. So, uh, look at all my reviews and ratings of these various Draculas um you can find the show before we we let uh the catching up david folks give their uh spiel you can find our show on twitter instagram at dydyh podcast uh, obviously you're listening to us so you found it somewhere on a podcatcher uh you can also uh email the show at homework at podcast.com And you can find us on Facebook by searching for uh, delete your Facebook account because they're a bad corporation. Uh, Sorry, I meant uh, find us on Facebook by searching for did you do your homework? Uh, And I think that's all we had for business on our end. So Yep, that's all our plugs. Catching up, David. What are you guys doing next? Where can we
0: find you? Yes, so next time we will be watching everything everywhere all at once, which I have heard nothing but good things about... Um, I know there's some Oscar buzz around that movie, um, but I don't know much of anything about it at all. So that'll be our next episode. You can find us at catchingupdavid.podbean.com or on Twitter at catchingupdavid. And that's... I, I just run the Twitter, but I always tag... Hallie and Kristen when things go up, so you can find them there as well.
2: Yeah, we don't
4: talk about anything (laughs) on our twitters. (laughs) No, like nothing important (laughs) that you will want to know. But if you if you want to see how I occasionally tweet about Ace Attorney, you can go to at Khaleesi. That's K H A L L I E E S I because I made it complicated. Oh wait, that's not my handle at all. My handle is just my name. My handle's Hallie I forgot that my display name is Khaleesi.
2: Okay.
4: Yeah, it's just at Hallie H a l l i e K o o n t z.
5: Um, you can't find me anywhere. I don't exist. So good. Correct. Pro-
4: probably yeah. for the best.
5: <laughs>
3: <laughs> not not for you, but in general, as a society, we should just all not be online. Just, like, implied,
5: <laughs> not be inflicted by my presence. So. Pre- you know what I'm trying
3: to say no no one should be inflicted by anyone's presence social media is a scourge here we are shamelessly yeah.
5: addicted
3: don't do drugs
1: do Very drugs
2: cool.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. okay. I think we're I think we're tapped out stick a fork in us we're done <laughs> thank you everybody for listening thank you Yay. and thank you for thank you. having thank for another phone crossover Oh yeah, thank God, you yeah. guys so much. This was super fun, as always. We are always down for collaborative efforts. Yes.
0: I already have an idea for next October.
1: Fantastic. Oh, cool. oh. Keep as an eye out for that. October's <laughs> a
0: state of mind, so that
3: episode could drop whenever. <laughs> That's true. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> it's true. All right.
3: Bye, Good night, bro. everybody. Right.
5: Good night, How
4: Night.